we are not going to start right away in that verse because I want to give you a little bit of background. We're going to be in Jeremiah 29, 13, and many of you will be like, well, why didn't you pick 11? 11's my favorite verse. Um, <laughs> and the reason I didn't pick 11 is because I think that 13 speaks a little clearer as to what's happening in 11, okay, and how we get to where we're at in 11. Um, but I want to back up and kind of tell you what's happening because this does become um, maybe one of the first verses you hear, right? What is the verse? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Somebody want to read it? Yep. I think that's probably up there with John 3.16. Like the world has heard this verse, right? It's the graduation. It's, the, it's like the next step verse. Uh, <laughs> in, in books and stuff to like I've actually gone to church and maybe a Bible study now. So I know this verse, right? <laughs> so it becomes, it's very popular. It is is probably, if not the most popular verse um, for like my favorite verse kind of things, right? Um and there's good reason for that, because we do look and long for that hope in that future, right? And so that's a verse we cling to. Um, but let's talk about um, why it's being said there. How did it get there? Who's he talking about? And what's, what's happening historically? Does anybody know? I read through this chapter several times. It yeah. Very okay. Well, then we have something to talk about. All the names. All the names. I mean, well, I I listened to it being read on my phone probably two or three times. And finally, I had to go through it myself and just ignore the names and try to figure out really what they were talking about because it kind of went in circles. Okay. So then, then we have a good foundation to start with a clean slate, right? Okay. So remember... Bible studies back, and we talked about the northern and the southern kingdom and how Israel had broken into two, and there was the ten tribes was the northern kingdom, and the southern kingdom was um, Benjamin and Judah, okay? About 150 years prior to this, uh, the northern kingdom had been exiled, okay? And now Judah and Benjamin, having the, which we'll call Judah for short for the southern kingdom, Having looked and seen what their brothers had gone through, did not learn from it. Did you ever learn from the things that your brothers and sisters got in trouble for? Yeah, some some people did. Yeah, some people didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they did not. In fact, Scripture tells us that they even sinned greater, especially knowing that it was the sin right? They sinned even greater, and scripture calls them a harlot. And um, so here they are, and they've been warned over and over and over again. And Jeremiah is the prophet to Judah, okay? And so Jeremiah, Jeremiah has said, turn, 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 turn. And what happens every time the Israelites don't turn? Consequences, right? There's consequences. We saw that all through Kings, right? Okay, so he's saying turn, and they don't turn. And so here they come, and um, he says, okay, here's the deal. And and this kind of starts off, you know, in chapter 24 and then verse 29, and it's talking about um, 
here's what we're going to do. You're going to be exiled for 70 years. 70 years isn't a short time. It's no different today than it was then, right? A year, a day, you know, it is the same. And so for 70 years, you're going to go through a trial. If the Lord told you that today, how would you feel about that? That make me feel better about the world being so nuts because then it'd be like, okay, he's got a plan for it. <laughs> he's got a plan for it. That would be an overwhelming feeling. Some of us are going through trials right now, right? You feel like I've been in a trial the last three years, five years, 10 years. Maybe it's five minutes, but it feels like forever. It doesn't matter. But this trial, they said, you are going to be in exile for 70 years. You will be in captivity to Babylon, okay? And that was overwhelming to them. And he said, but, and this is where we get to this verse 29, and, um, or, sorry, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And when he was telling them that, he was giving them like a little pep talk, right? And we get that little pep talk kind of through scriptures, right? And that's why we cling to them, right? But he was saying something a little more in where I think we're challenged today. To look at this a little deeper. If you back up, let's back all the way up to verses 5 through 9. And it said, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they have t- too many Two may have sons and daughters. Increase in their number there and do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile and pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name, and I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So what's the first thing that he tells them there? You'll find that in verse 5. You're going to be there, settle in, build a house. Build a house, make some babies. Yep. If God told you in your trial today, whatever you're going through, I want you to settle in. He's not even told us how long that trial will be. Maybe you're looking at your trial and you're thinking, I don't see the end or when it could be ending. Um, But you're looking at it and God's saying, I want you to settle in. I want you to stop trying to put things off. I want you to stop trying to change the course of your life because you're waiting for the trial to end. He's like, I want you to make whatever today is a normal choice. I want you to live like you've always lived. I want, if you've lost your grandma, to keep the family traditions. I want, if you've um, got problems in your marriage, to keep doing what I've asked you to do. I want you to look at every situation and say, Lord, how do I settle in and have a new normal right now and not wait for the trial to end? Does that change your perspective like it changed mine? Yes. Yeah? Anyone want to speak to that? If he tells me to make babies, there's going to be a problem. 
Yeah. Don't say that because there was that problem. Remember Sarah? (laughs) Um, But the Lord does say there's nothing too difficult for him. He does. And just go on with your just life. Just do it. And yeah. God is there. He's yeah. going to take care of you. Why do you think that he didn't want them to alter their life, not live? Basically, he didn't want them to roll over and die in their pain. Right? He didn't want them to stay stuck. He wanted them to live. Go live. It's going to be a while. Go live. Don't forget about me. Right? Why? Why does God... Say that. So others can see God carrying you through yeah. the trials that you're, yeah. whatever you're, you're dealing with. Absolutely. Chances are people around you have a little inkling of a clue that something might be going on. Right. Absolutely. First Peter 4.12. I don't have that one pulled up, but it, there we go. says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Have you ever had a trial that felt, I don't even know why. I don't know what's going on. I can't believe this has happened, right? All of those things that we go through that just hit us. Um, I think of, gosh, and again, I know this is sensitive, but I, I think of the times that we said our last goodbye. And we had no idea it was going to happen in that moment, right? Um, or maybe you didn't get to say goodbye, right? And I think that's a trial that feels strange, feels unnatural, right? It feels unnatural. And God is saying, you know, when you go, James talks about it over and over again. But then he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That's all kinds of trials, right? How do I find joy in the midst of this strange trial? And you think, Lord, it's almost like you're double talking here, right? Like, Where do I get that? Where do I go for that source? How do I continue to live and and build houses and make babies when I'm feeling still the pain of loss? Where I'm still feeling the pain of the trial that's still in front of me, right? So when we go and we try to find these things, he says, persevere. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Well, I would trade that in. How about you? Let's be honest. Oh, I'll just be a baby. I don't care. Lord, you said I still can go to heaven if, even if I'm a baby Christian. I don't really need to grow. I don't. <laughs> right? Don't we kind of feel that way? Like, Lord, are you shorting me? Do you not care that I feel this pain, that I'm going through this? Am I speaking anybody's language right now? Yeah. Yeah. But here's one of the things that I love. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, 
He should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all he does. What do you think that means? What is that man? What is double-minded and unstable? Both sides of the fence. You know, with some people you're on target faithfully. Yeah. And with the rest of them you're not. Yeah. God's saying you either believe 2911 or you don't. You either believe I have a hope and a future for you or you don't. You can't stand in both fields. But trust me, right? And that's what he was saying to the Israelites. He was saying, trust me. And I'm even telling you, it's going to be a long trial. And I won't have forgotten about you. It's going to be a hard trial. But I'm going to be there in the midst of it. Right? I'll be there in the midst of the trial and I'll hold your hand through it. He says in here too, seek the peace of the city. What is seeking the peace of the city? What do you think he's talking about there? Adjusting to the life there. Adjusting to the life there? Yeah. But I don't think it means becoming like the people in the city. Right. But you're praying that for their that if they do well for their, their welfare, that God will bless them because of your presence. Mm-hmm. And that maybe the people will see that. Yeah. Do you think that he's saying to them like what Susie's saying that I know you're in the midst of the trial? I know you can't see the end of the trial, and I'm asking you to live and make something normal out of this trial. And while you're at it, I want you to be a blessing to those around you. I don't want you to go and die in your house. I want you to go out, and I want you to bless others, and I want you to share the gospel. Because that still has to happen, right? He still called us to tell others about him. He still called us um, to lift others up and to pray for them. And so when we um, put ourselves out there and go forward one foot in front of the other in the midst of our trial, and we continue to do work for God, he's saying, that's what I want you to do. Could you see that in that scripture? Yeah. We tend to want to, okay, let me say not you, because I can't speak for you. I tend, when I am upset, when I'm going through something, to want to separate. I want to compartmentalize. I can even almost be two different people. You know, I can walk through the church door and be Kim the Christian. I can walk out the church door and, and not care about anybody, right? I, I just want to be in my world, in my sadness or my anger or my whatever, and um, not caring whether or not I'm ministering to those around me or to those in my home, or whatever it may be. And we need to be people that, like he's saying here, when we have this going on, this normal has to carry on in every nook and cranny in our life. That means even in our home when we're alone, right? It has to be that our relationship with God 
however that looks. And if it looks a lot like David, that seemed to be okay too. We cry out in anger, we cry out in sadness, we cry out in happiness, whatever it is, God wants us to find what that new normal is through the trial and keep right there in front of him. He says, don't be deceived. You know, he was talking about that there, you know, by these prophets and those, you know, Babylon was was filled with a lot of um, idolatry. And in fact, one of the scriptures talks about um, trees and stones, which is just another word for idols that they had carved out, right? And um, so that kind of thing is all around them. And when we're going through something, God knows it's really easy for us to turn our head and find peace in something else or in somebody that maybe isn't speaking truth, but they're speaking what we want to hear, right? Um, and so he's saying, you know what? One of the things is, is I, I want you to be separate in that way, right? I want you to pray for them. I want you to witness to them. I want you to um, be a part of them, but I do not want you um, to listen to what they have to say and, and take it to heart and put it in place of me and my truth. So when I look at that too, I also see about getting good counsel when we're going through trials, right? Anybody else have any observances in those, in those verses right there? Anything you've seen? I guess maybe knowing that God is there? I don't I don't know. But it was just, you know, because the verse makes it sound like um, you seek me and then um, you know, seek me with all your heart. Yeah. But in God's eyes, I mean, well, I don't know how to put it. I don't know why it was such a huge thing for me. But that was the first thought when I saw this verse. Yeah. Was that actually God seeks us first. Mm-hmm. In this instance, um, and not every trial we go through is because of some consequence of our sin. You know, some things just happen, right? Um, In this instance, though, they have sinned and they have chosen to ignore um, the call to turn, 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 turn back to God. And so God said, I'm going to allow this. But the reason being, because I want you to turn and seek me, right? We talk about that a lot when we about our kids like did you want to say something yeah. I, I saw it as god's promise yeah i mean that he that's the first thing that it is, me, promise. is god's promise yeah that he's not gonna leave you exactly 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great point that God's saying, I'm, you know what? You don't know when the end of it is, and it doesn't always happen in the time when we want. Um, maybe you will die before, and that will be the fulfillment of the promise, you know, that it ended, right? Um, but when, when we are looking at this instance with them, it, his whole point here is that they would understand their need for God and turn back to him and seek him with all of their heart, right? Yeah, unless until you're really yeah. looking for me, until you're all in. Yeah, that's when you're gonna find me. They were playing the game, right? Well, I got the name Christian. I attend Porter Mountain Church. You know, like they've got that going for them. But he's like, but your choices, your heart is showing something completely different. And I need you to be in a place that you really need me that you really are seeking me with your whole heart. That's the, Lord, I can't breathe unless you're the air for me, right? And um, so when he says that, seek him, um, I think that he's already sitting there. The draw is there, That's right? That's I see a catch on a result. Yeah. Is that you will seek me, mm-hmm. and the result of that? Yeah. Daniel chapter 9, I think it was. Um, Daniel, is, it's about the year 67, 68 or something um, until that 70 years. So it's a couple of years early. We see that Daniel's already saying, you know what, Lord, um, I want to start today. Like I'm not even waiting for the end of the trial. And I think there's a lot to be spoken of in that as well. He's like, I'm not even waiting for the end of the trial. I'm going to seek you now. And so he started seeking God's face. And, you know, we know of Daniel to be next to Jesus, perfect kind of thing. Not Jesus, but, <laughs> but next to Jesus in um, that the Bible is clear, declared no sin for him. Um, I'm sure there must be something, but um, he was a very devout man. And he was leading the charge, so to speak, in that um, this is what it looks like. And don't you feel like that's what we can be for each other sometimes? That's why we have Bible studies like this or small groups or whatever, that we need each other in that way. Um, Hebrews 10.24 talks about spurring each other on. Um, for encouragement, for fellowship, you know, whether it's two or three that are gathered or, you know, 150 at church or whatever it may be, that um, we need each other. God designed it that way, right? Um, That would be another point that he had in this continue living, right? Is that uh, someday Jill's going to need encouragement from Susie, or Kathy's going to need to encourage Jamie, you know. Maybe there's something that you've gone through, you know. I know Sharon has shared with a lot of people, you know, in, in the grief share group, <clears throat> where Sharon could have chose to stay in her home and not leave. I don't know Sharon's story, but I'm sure it's from a root of pain, 
that you are doing this ministry and God is using it, right? Um, and so when we step forward in that and we do Bible, <laughs> we live, I don't know the right word, but when we live it out according to scripture, God designed it so that we would strengthen each other. We were never meant to be alone in that. Um, in fact, that is how one of the ways that God strengthens us is through others. And we know that also in scripture, it tells us that um, 2 Peter 1.12 says the truth establishes us in any, and the truth being the word, the word establishes us. So when we're in that place, um, when we're trying to make our life look normal in the midst of a trial, um, and we're trying to go forward and find out what this new normal is, is we need to be grounded in the word and we need to be grounded in fellowship and not be separate. Um, Romans 16.25 says, Him who is able to establish, establish you according to the gospel. And that word established, I heard from a former pastor, um, was fix um, so it doesn't move or firmly stand um, steady and strong. So when everything is collapsing around us, it is God who is what strengthens us. He is the one that is able to hold us together, right? We don't have to try to hold it together by ourselves. And um, so tell me, what are some of the things that have helped you get through a trial? Prayer chain. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Pat? Other people have gone through similar things before. Yeah, and it, and it helps to hear that. Yeah. I, I've said this silly little story many times, but um, I couldn't find anybody that had gone through exactly what I went through when we had the whole affair thing. And Linda turned to me and said, oh, just one day out of the blue, and I had been praying, Lord, I feel so alone. And she just turns to me and is like, oh, we went through that. I, uh, I completely forgot that even happened. And then kept walking. And I was did she just say that Bill had an affair and she just blipped on by, doesn't forget, forgot about it until just that moment. And I thought, God told her to say it. God told her to say it because then I sat in that and I prayed in that. And I was like, that little passing thing gave me so much hope, right? And um, just amazing how a little word of encouragement, it wasn't even like she sat down and prayed and had a Bible study planned out or you ever had someone do that? And I, I know I've said something to somebody and they, they come back and say it later and I go, I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> right? Right? Because God said it, exactly. But he needed us to convey the message in that moment, right? Because we're, we help him through us to strengthen. I liked the verse after as well. Yeah, about 14. Um, for, well, is it 14 or 15? I like the one that said, I will be found by you, declares the yeah. Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. so many times, you know, like my, seek, my seeking the Lord, mm -hmm. the times that I'm, I was trying to put it in a percentage, 
when do I really seek the Lord? Probably 25% of the time. And then 75% of the time, it's my checkoff list, you know? But the times that I really seek the Lord, oh, it's just like the most amazing thing. And I'm like, why don't I do this? You know, why do I get so wrapped up in Martha things? Why am I not a merry person? Yeah. You know, why am I all Martha all over the place? When, you know, the times that I really seek, he really brings me back from that mm-hmm. exile, you know? and just gently guides me back. Um, I think I looked up verses that had to do a lot with seeking. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence, not just once, but continually. It's not like a one and done deal, but we're always seeking him. Always seeking him. Yeah. The biggest thing I thought of, I always hear the word seek and go back to, you know, like when we're four and play and hide and seek. Mm. But it's always... I kind of think of it as, you know, the Lord's never hiding. It's we, we've got to either turn around or just open our eyes to see him. Mm. It's not like he's going and hiding behind a tree. You know what I mean? Mm. That's, I kind of get weird when I'm reading stuff. But well, <laughs> not I don't think that's weird. And the other thing I, I looked at was that it was not just, a, like you said, kind of like a hide-and-seek kind of seek, mm. but it was with deep longing. Um a need requiring me a vital he's a vital necessity to me it's not just that you know oh, there's the lord let me go on build a house and have a baby it's that kind of it's a necessity yeah i can't do anything unless i'm doing it with him that it's a yeah. it's such a deeper kind of seek i think which i don't feel like i'm i do it all the time i can feel the same way I, I guess one of the things I have to say, too, is we've talked a lot about, um, you know, amongst us, trials we didn't actually ask to happen, right? But there are the trials that we've created, that we are suffering consequences of, right? I'm, none of you, right? None of you. Um, <laughs> just me. But... Um, but the consequences, if we're not seeking God in getting restored, God's going to allow that, right? He, he continues to allow that because he wants, like what they're saying here, you know what, when you come to me and you're begging for the air, right, that's when you're going to find me because you stopped looking everywhere else. You've stopped looking in a book or within yourself or, you know, whoever friend or whatever, you know, that's when it comes to you. There's a song um, that I've been learning on the guitar called um, Woman at the Well. Have you guys heard that one? Oh, I love it. Love that song. I love that song. Right? Um, and I can't pull it up on my phone, but does one of you? I can see if I can find yeah. it. Yeah. Um, just go to YouTube if you got she YouTube. She was, she was actually found on YouTube. Yeah. Was she? There is um, some lines in the song about seeing his image in the bottle, and every even now, every time I get goosebumps. Oh, you got to get past the ad. Um, just get goosebumps about seeing God is basically right there in the midst of your trial. And seeing the image of God and that, you know, 
how much she needed him in, in that moment and not recognizing it. Anyway, you want to play? You ready to play it? Yeah. I hope you could hear it. If you didn't, it's um, Woman at the Well by Olivia Lane, if you want to look it up later. Um, when I hear that, that speaks to me of somebody that maybe has some consequences for her choices and feels alone, and how could God love her, and understanding what grace is in that. And 
I think that very much not only applies in my own life, but in the Israelites' life. Because God didn't say, you've continued to shun me over and over and over again, and so I'm exiling you from me for 70 years. Did he? No. It was an act of love. Right? I'm not going to leave you. In fact, it's going to be different. It will rock your world. It's going to look different, but you're still going to have joy because you're still going to have babies. You're still going to have houses. You're still going to plant gardens, eat a lot of peaches, go find Jesus. You ever heard that song? (laughs) Um, But he said, you'll still have life. It's just going to look different. Right? Doesn't it seem like it's kind of his story throughout the Bible? Yeah. I, I wrote down, God fulfills his promises. He listens when we pray. We find him if we seek him, and he rescues us from exile. He rescues us. And that's the story over and over and yep. over again. Yep. And that's what he did with the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Go. Sin no more. She went and told everybody in the village. <laughs> right? <laughs> so many people were saved that day. Hebrews 2 talks about how he's able to rescue us. It also, I wish I would have written down the exact verse. Maybe we can find it super quick. Come on, Lord Jesus, we need you. (laughs) Um, It's in chapter 2. I know, it's terrible. Okay, he says um, somewhere here in chapter 2 that he rushes when he hears our cry Um, or something to that effect. Write it down, Hebrews 2, and then somebody text it to the group if you find it Um, later on. Unless you find it right now. I don't want to get us distracted on that one thing. Um, but he rushes when he hears our cry. He's right, right there, ready to rescue, right? Do you, I see nowhere, not one place in Scripture, where God has ever said to someone, nope, too late. And we've seen some pretty shady characters, haven't we? Even the thief on the cross, right? You mean he didn't have to get baptized? No. No? No. You mean he didn't have to make any professions of faith and of any kind? He didn't have to walk down the altar. He didn't have to walk down the altar. Yeah. He didn't have to do any of them things. He didn't tie, right? Oh, somebody the other day I met, and I know this happens. Lord, forgive him. She told me she was the attendance taker at church. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> we joke about that, right? She was an actual attendance taker, and I thought. Did they get gold stars? I know you have the same thing. Right. I, I don't know what that's about, but I know churches that count, right? But not attendance takers. Right? It's not 
Good Lord. Yeah. But it's like Susie saying, you know what, Lord, I fail a lot to show up like I want to show up. God's not keeping attendance like that. Not in that. What's the word? Not chapter two. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some verse. Not in that rigid sort of, I I don't know, pharisaical. I can't think of the word, but you know what I'm saying. Just, yeah. I don't know. What else did you guys get out of this? Yeah. I just think of God, of course, as our father, but I compare it to the way we are with our kids. Yeah. You know, they screw up and they screw up and they screw up, and then yeah. all of a sudden, a ha right. moment, and it's like, yeah. you know, but we love them no matter what. We do. Mm-hmm. And that's always the way I look at it with him. And no matter what the kids bring to us, mm-hmm. we're there, we want to help them in any way we can. I know that I've gone through some things with my kids that. I know they can't hear me right now. And so I'm praying, Lord, just help me be faithful through this. For when they can hear you, I would still be, still be here. <laughs> right? You know, I, I've always, when you know, kids are kids, and, you know, I didn't always, and I tell them, I don't like you right now, mm-hmm. but I love you. <laughs> I don't like the choices that yeah. you're making. Yeah. I wonder, you know, God feels that. <laughs> you know, I mean, He loves us regardless as we love our kids. Well, He did call them harlots. <laughs> you know, yeah, I still got a plan and a hope and a future for you, but right now, yeah, <laughs> right now, you are not a nice name. <laughs> yeah, in our kids, in you know, life. Yep. But you know, I. Well, it does say we can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? If we can grieve the Holy Spirit, then we can. Um, and we know we can always go to Him and can confess yeah. our sins. Just like our kids, we want them to know that if yeah. they've done something, you know, yeah. they need to bring it to us and talk about it and, and you know, yeah. help them through it. Help them through it, exactly. You know, sometimes I think people are afraid to go to the Lord because they think they have to be changed before yeah. they can go to the Absolutely. Lord. I mm-hmm. like the song because mm-hmm. He'll take you just as you are. Just as you are. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent song. Yeah. That is a really good song. Yeah. But that's like so many people think I can't go to church yet because yep. I have to stop smoking. Myself yeah, I gotta. Like wait until yeah. you to have kids till you can afford them. Oh. You know, did any of you do that? I know, right? I know, I know. But it wasn't our choice. <laughs> it was God's timing. Yep, God's timing. Oh, that's funny. We have to remember, too, the stuff that we go to him with and confess. He kind of already knows. He already knows. He, he We're already forgiven. sense of humor. Yeah. He must chuckle about some of the stuff we bring. Oh. I was talking to um, Dryce, Pete's son in Sunday school. And I said, Dryas, this means that um, God's forgiven your sins, yesterday's sins, today's sins. When you're 16, when you're 18, when you're 43, and he's like. (laughs) 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 How do you know? (laughs) 
was kind of like, what? Uh, yeah, it was cute, though. Through the eyes of babes. Through the eyes of babes. No, I would never. That's Braden. Braden, would you ever say anything mean to your brother? <gasps> I would never. <laughs> never. I mean, just all the drama in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, we know, we know better. We just, our answer is when, right? <laughs> when you sin, because as the Bible says, <laughs> when you screw up. Um, what else did you guys get out of this? That's part of faith. You either believe me, Jamie, or you don't. I still need a little bit of track and you know, right? coordinates and let's do this. Well, you know what? In, in the commentary I was reading, that is one of, you know, Daniel, the reason in Daniel 9 he was looking is because he was counting it back. Well, you said 70, so does that start from this day or does it start from this day? Because they were looking... When they gave him a date. They're like, when's the end? <laughs> well, just in case the earliest date might be today. <laughs> but that should not be our perspective all the time. Maybe today you will bring me out of this trial, Lord. Today I will seek your face. Right? Um, anyway, what else? Tam, do you have anything to add? Nope, nothing to add. No? Carol? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Psalm 91, that's the one that talks about the disease that everyone... The tent. The tent. That's your tent. Yeah, your tent. Um, anybody else? Anything? No? Okay. It was a good verse. It was a great verse. I think it's... I think... What, what, did, what did you get the most out of it? I'd like to hear that. You almost sometimes can read something and not get it, and you need someone else to start the juices flowing, yes. right? <laughs> oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Then you will, no, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Yeah. I think, um, well, tell me what else. Tell me what else you guys got. You're the number one application for you today. Mm-hmm. Because if you say a word that they might carry off the wrong way, then you get yourself in trouble. So mm-hmm. I just don't say nothing. Oh. Well, just say what you know the Lord is telling you to say. I just get myself in trouble. Mm-hmm. 
I just press on and get. In That's true. Sometimes. She does. She does, and I'm and I'm. A, I have to take. I have to go pitch take it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true at all. <laughs> not true at all. I mean, that's yeah. the main part is sometimes we've got like five pairs of sunglasses on and, yeah. you know, we're not seeing everything yeah. and we kind of have to yeah. take some stuff off or out of the way and then pay attention to what we're looking for. Yeah. One of the things that I have found is that if I don't, if I'm doing the 75% of, of seeking, mm -hmm. where I'm just surface seeking and not really seeking, mm -hmm. I almost always find that the Lord wakes me up at one in the morning and mm. I can't go back to sleep. There you go. And then I end up, you know, downstairs. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, let me go over the Bible study. Mm. Let me go over this. And then, you know, let me start praying. And then it, I just think I'd get better sleep if I did more sincere, <laughs> sincere seeking the Lord. There you go. You know, yeah. because he always will bring me to a place of seeking. Yeah. Which I love. Thank you, Lord. Don't stop doing that. Right. Maybe I could manage our, my day a little better if I yeah. did serious seeking. That makes sense. I think for me, um, 13 in seeking God with all my heart applies right back to 5. Because I am definitely the kind of person that when the trial is in front of me or the things that have knocked my wind out are in front of me, I want to withdraw I want to drop the daily schedule. I, want, I mean, I just, I don't know how to really go forward with anything normal. Yeah, I got to, Lord, in my seeking, it's, Lord, give me the next step, right? Give me the next, how, right? But that's what he's telling us, just take the next step. Just take the step. next step with take me. Take the next step, I'm with you, and then yeah. the next step, and right. we will get through it, but we have to turn it over to God. Yep. And have faith that he's with us. Yep. each other. Help so. each other be. Yeah. And again, that Romans sixteen twenty five that he, he establishes. To step, to step out of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like that's a really... Unstable ground, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think that's a great analogy. Stepping out out of the boat because there's not even like a foundation there on the water, right? You're that's total trust, and I think that's what he's saying here. Seek me, trust me. That's it. And it will be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be okay. All right.